if we went by the principle that those affected by a problem should be in charge of determining the solution, then the majority of the world's peace negotiators, foreign ministers, and diplomats would be women. Gender. It influences our identity, the role we play in our society, and the way that we interact with each other. The crucial role of women in preventing conflict and building peace has been recognized. Yet over the last 30 years, 70% of peace processes did not include any women mediators or women signatories. So peace, much like war, remains entirely dominated by men. Welcome to Season 6 of the Peace Corner podcast, brought to you by CSPPS, You Know Why Peace Builders, and GPAC. The Youth Thriven podcast, the Peace Corner aims to demystify peace building by giving peace builders across the world the opportunity to share their stories. We showcase the ordinary and extraordinary nature of peace building with the belief that everyone can be a peace builder. We just need to make space. This season explores gender dynamics in peace building. So who are the people making peace buildings more equal, inclusive and relevant? How are these pioneers making gender equality the norm? Keep listening to find out. Today's episode is presented by Clementine from You Know Why. Hello and welcome to all our listeners tuning in today for this episode of the Peace Corner podcast. Today I'm delighted and super happy to welcome our wonderful guest, Ala El Eliani. Ala, you are a gender equality advocate and the founder of the Yemeni Feminist Movement, the first Yemeni feminist online platform. You directed two short films, Insight and Broken, on domestic violence. You work as a gender consultant and producer at Mena Age Initiative for gender equality, and you are also a content manager at Banat Alium, which is an online platform that empowers young Arab girls. You are originally from Yemen, but you are currently living in Canada. So now to kick things off for this episode, I wanted to ask you if you could maybe start by sharing a little bit more on how you became involved in feminism and peace building. And also if you could share one of your best moments of your career. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so grateful to be here and to share a little bit about my work. Honestly, how I became involved um, in this field is kind of natural for me because I came from a family that is full of activists and revolutionists and politicians. So I just grew up in that field. So it just became natural for me. Um, my mom is a founder of um, an organization. It's a Yemen uh, Peace School organization. So I grew up working with her on that. So I just naturally fell into that field. But um, eventually I kind of branched out to and became more passionate uh, in the gender equality field. Honestly, it's hard for me to pinpoint into one best moment. But to me, what makes it 
really incredible to be in that field is when I really make a change in one person's life, that's really the most rewarding part of being in this field. When you feel like you made a change even in one person's feelings towards a cause or a change in one person's mindset even, even if it's a small change, that's really the best moment for me. Thank you so much, Allah. And it's, it's amazing also to know that uh, your mother was the founder of the Yemeni Peace School, which is a member of our network. So it makes uh, your uh, presence today to our podcast even more special. My next question is connected to you also to your passion for arts and cinema. You started the feminist movement in uh, 2013. But you graduated from the Toronto Film School a few years later. And you directed two short films, as I said, on domestic violence, Broken and Insight. So I was curious um, to know more about um, how you perceive this relationship between uh, peace and art. Uh, I truly believe that art really nurtures peace building by providing a voice to the voiceless, if you may. Um, it can really help ignite empathy and allow the viewers to take a new perspective and to understand others better. And these are really qualities that are crucial uh, pillars of peace. And peace really begins when we understand the effects that our own actions have on others. So when it comes to filmmaker and filmmaking, I really think that that's the whole purpose of it. It's to provoke and to ignite empathy in others and really any form of art, not just filmmaking. And I think that it's really powerful to use that as a form to get people to change maybe how they feel about something or um, to raise awareness about something or to change mindsets. And that's really important when it comes to activism, when it comes to advocating about a cause such as gender inequality or anything that you're really passionate about. So when it comes to peace, it's, it's really powerful to use art to promote that, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you so much. And as you said, I think that art, um, really help us as peace builders to reach this emotional uh, aspect of human beings, uh, especially as you said, when, when you do advocacy and you need to really go to uh, deep inside the mindset of someone. So it's, it's really fascinating. And um, yeah, my next question was about you being at the same time working on uh, gender equality in Yemen but also on peace building because Yemen has been torn by a violent conflict since late uh, 2014. And so since this podcast aims at shedding light on the relationship between gender and peace building, I was wondering in which way uh, does your work on gender equality intersect with peace building in Yemen? Yeah, so Yemen, unfortunately... Um... Gender inequality in Yemen has been a, an issue since before the conflict in 2014. And that's really what pushed me to start the platform. But after the conflict, it just became 
even worse because the conflict, of course, we know that it affects uh, women in just a greater way. But when you work with gender equality, it, you inevitably have to work with peace building because it naturally just intersects. You cannot work on gender equality and not work on security and not work on economic empowerment or not work on political participation um, or not work on injustice. So it just naturally intersects together. In our work in the Yemeni feminist movement, since, since it is an online platform, we work a lot on online advocacy and um, uh, promoting or raising awareness. So we always focus on advocating and promoting the importance of women's leadership and participation in conflict resolution and peace building, as well as their representation in decision making. Um, that's really important. And we want to focus on that right now during the conflict, because we believe that that is really, really crucial at the moment. And since the conflict, we have noticed that the conflict is a direct outcome of the increase of gender-based violence and sexual-based violence. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of resources in Yemen when it comes to that. And women don't have a lot of safe places or safe spaces to go to. And those that do exist, not a lot of people know about them. So we try to post about that. Where can they go if they need help? So uh, we try to use the platform to promote that or to post about that so that women can know where to go. And then with Yemen Peace School too, since we work with that about peace building as well uh, with uh, my mother, we also work on uh, public policy writing and that's very important too when it comes to peace building in relation to gender inequality. And when we talk about public policy writing, what we focus on doing is we wanna change something with the local authorities, with the government, right? So what we wanna do, for example, is let's say in Yemen, when someone is uh, facing violence, when a woman, for example, is being abused and she wants to go and ask for help, we have an issue in Yemen is that most of the police officers are men. And so we want to ask the government to hire more female officers because now a lot of women are scared to go and ask for help because there are no female officers. And with the society being very conservative, it makes it really unsafe or uncomfortable for women to ask for help if it's a male officer. So we want to propose a policy for the government to hire more female officers, for example. Another thing is we would write guides or guidebooks on security and community peace. And then we train youth activists to uh, on those guides and then um, train them to implement that in their work as activists too. So it really helps to work on that with when it comes to peace building with the youth and then have them work in that in their activism when it comes to gender equality too. And it all intersects with each other. That's fascinating to see that you are uh, always working on those cross-cutting issues, uh, peace and gender 
um, at the same time, they are all always interconnecting. So I was wondering, because you mentioned that part of um, your advocacy aims at increasing the numbers of women in decision-making, increasing their participation. You also said that you're writing uh, policy papers for the government to have more female officers in the police. I was wondering if you uh, have already uh, received, I hope so, some kind of positive, have you observed some kind of positive development among um, men, especially also among the government officials uh, when it comes to your work, to your advocacy? What I can say is that we have seen a lot of positive uh, change or development when it comes to the society and the community itself, but not when it comes to the government or the local authorities. I can say that when it comes to uh, the Yemeni feminist movement platform, I can see that the audience itself and um, the people, for example, that interact with us, they, I can see a big change, especially when it comes to men, where they used to be very reserved and they don't necessarily agree with what we post. That has really changed. And you can now see Yemeni men openly speaking up about gender-related issues, about gender-based violence, without the fear of being ridiculed or anything like that. And we can now even see Yemeni men identifying as feminists, for example, where that was impossible to see just a couple of years ago. But unfortunately, when it comes to the government or anything like that, gender discrimination still continues. We have not seen any development with that or any change yet, but there's still a lot of work that is being done with a lot of different movements, which is great to see because I love to see that women are not giving up and hopefully we'll see some change soon. Amazing. And I'm, I can't agree more with um, how it is important to also first reach people in the civil society also, and especially among men. And I'm really happy to, to, to see that um, some of them are already identifying uh, to being a feminist. You know, you say you're working on issues of a country, you know, that is deeply affected by violence, but as you say, as we know, by strong gender inequalities and uh, which can be uh, mentally challenging sometimes and demanding. And so I was wondering, how do you cope on a daily basis with the complexity of those issues? And what are your main sources of inspiration and motivation? I guess part of it comes from your mother, but uh, yeah, I would love to know more about it. <laughs> um, it can be really challenging, of course, and um, it can affect you mentally and emotionally to work in anything that is affected by violence or conflict. And not just that, but also when you manage a platform like Yemeni Feminist Movement and you receive a lot of messages and stories and people asking you for help and you read those kinds of stories that are really heartbreaking and you can't always help everyone because some sometimes there isn't really nothing you can do especially when there isn't a law that can help and it's just sometimes out of your hands unfortunately and that's really what takes a toll on you 
Um, and sometimes you really need to take care of your mental health. And that's what I always tell everyone that I know who are also activists is that you have to take care of your mental health. Um, so other than taking time to take care of my mental health, my main sources of inspiration, of course, my mother is my number one, but also um, the, the Yemeni women, the women of Yemen are my inspiration. And while Yemeni women represent a population that is severely victimized by our patriarchal society and uh, by the ongoing conflict, I think we have to remember that they are not just passive victims. They are often very powerful agents. And I feel that sometimes we neglect their, their significant roles that they have played during this conflict. And by doing that, we undermine their future potential as key participants in the peace building process. And I think that there are so many incredible women, uh, Yemeni women on the ground doing amazing work. And they inspire me every day when I think about them and when I think about how challenging this work is. So I just wanna thank all the Yemeni women that are doing amazing work every day. Amazing, I can't agree more and thank you for sharing it. It's so powerful and um, yeah, I love also how you stress the importance of changing this narrative of women, um, you know, usually seen as victims, but no, they're not. They're actually real actors, uh, change makers on the ground. And finally, I wanted to start my last question by uh, saying that I really look up um, to young female like you we are more or less uh, the same age and so that I can really relate to you. And I'm really inspired by your courage, your creativity and all your actions. And I really feel that when one woman, young woman stands up for peace and gender equality, she really opens, she paves the way, you know, for other women to join. And I find it, I find it so powerful. So I was wondering as a last question, whether you had a story or an important message that you feel like sharing to any young woman out there or any young human being listening to, to us right now and wanting to actively challenge gender norms and stereotypes uh, in their society and possibly start their own movement. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I, I feel so honored to, to be here and for you to say all these kind words about me. Um, honestly, for anyone who is feeling that they want to challenge all the stereotypes and to make a change and start their own movement, just do it. <laughs> I often feel that anyone who has a feeling to do that is usually motivated by something they experienced or something that they saw a loved one experience. For me, it was something that I experienced. I was married when I was 17 and it was an abusive marriage and it lasted for four years. And when I got out of it and I realized that that was not how it was supposed to be because at that time it was normalized that that's how it was supposed to be. <laughs> But when I read more and I found feminism and I ad identified as a feminist and I realized what gender equality is, I decided that I want to make a change. 
And I'm sure that for most of us who want to make a change, there is something that ignites that spark that says enough is enough. I have to do something about this. So don't let, let that spark fade. Don't let anyone take away that spark and just go for it. Wow, amazing. I love how we are ending this podcast. Yeah, don't let anyone take that spark and don't let it fade it away. I love it. Thank you so much, Allah, for uh, for being there today and for um, giving those amazing insights into uh, your work and also your life. And um, yeah, I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you today. Thank you for joining us today and for contributing to a better world. Thank you for listening to the Peace Corner podcast and supporting our initiative. Feel free to share this episode with people around you who you think might benefit from it. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you might be listening from. <laughs>